movies in 4K. You have found episode four of Movies in 4K. I am one of your hosts, Bill Shetty, and alongside of me is... Lady Phantom, the other one. Yes, and we have a cool announcement for you fans out there, is we are going to be doing weekly through June now. Yes, because two weeks is just not enough. (laughs) Two weeks, it was a whole month that we decided to do that, and we're elongating that. We have some guests coming on, which is cool, lined up. So our typical schedule will go in effect in July then. Yes, bi-weekly on Thursdays in July. Now, I have another announcement. Alongside of Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and iHeartRadio, we are listed several more places, Phantom. Tell. Yes, this is awesome. This just happened, too. So this is only a day or two old when you're hearing this, is we are now on Deezer, Stitcher, And the number one music streaming site in the world, Spotify. Wow. That is cool. That is awesome. Every single one of those links is on the bottom of our webpage at BillShetty.com. No matter what webpage you're on, if you scroll to the bottom, you can just click that link and it'll go right to that app on your phone or on the website if you're listening on the computer. So you can add us there. You can actually subscribe on each of those platforms to us right there. So you'll be notified when new shows come out. And you can also review on most of those platforms also. But we do want you to go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and rating there too. And don't forget about our guest book at BillShetty.com. Do you have any announcements, Phantom? Not really. Nothing at all, huh? Not that I can think of. Then let's get this rolling. Breaking news time, Phantom. What is fascinating to you that just happened? Well, I found this yesterday, actually. And I thought it was maybe not fascinating to you, but I thought it was cool. It's basically... Listeners, if you have old VHS tapes in great condition, you might want to list them on eBay. I found a few VHS tapes that sold on eBay. Funnily enough, all of them Disney. It's amazing how expensive or how pricey or how valuable they are. Collectibles. Yes. We are talking, I I have a few examples here. Okay, Sleeping Beauty, the 1997 release, limited edition, it was in excellent condition and everything, $15,000. Yes, I remember back in the day, people was looking for them Disney movies on VHS. You'd play them over and over again, and they were hard to find then. Yeah, because, well, what Disney used to do, especially then, Now it's not such a thing because we have Disney Plus and everything. But Disney would release a VHS tape and then put it in the vault for years. So then if you didn't buy it when it came out, then you couldn't buy it. And I remember because many times I wanted tapes and I couldn't get them. Next we have Beauty and the Beast. 
The Black Diamond Edition, $11,000. Wow. The Little Mermaid, that was no special edition that I could find. I mean, it was just The Little Mermaid, $10,000. Now, people, don't all of you out there wish you would have saved your old VHS tapes? I do wish that. I had hundreds, personally. Yeah, and I had that Sleeping Beauty release. I didn't have any Disney, though. No, I I had all the Disney, all of it. I'll bet. If you had a kid, you probably had a lot of Disney movies. I had all the Disney, kids or not. Next, we have Fantasia, the 1991 Mint VHS tape. That goes down dramatically, $2,500. The Fox and the Hound, the Black Diamond Edition, $2,500 also. Now, Jurassic Park, that was... Oh, no, so then it's not all Disney. Uh, Jurassic Park in the original box, just good shape, $1,000. E.T. in excellent condition too, $1,000. Wow. Look at the pawn stores, man. I know, yes. you could find these while you're out shopping. Yeah. And the last one I found was The Wizard of Oz. That was in decent condition. I mean, consider that it's an old release. Of course, it what, night 80s release or something because it's an, an BHS. It's 630. Wow. So people, if you have VHS tapes in great condition and you want to sell them, it and just you need money. Be, yes. If it, you're strapped during these times, it might be a good time to sell, though, even though probably the longer you hold on to them, the more they might be worth. But that is unpredictable. Yeah, and it's just amazing to me how in recent times, I mean, we had long play records for years. We had VHS tapes for years and they were just there and we changed to something better. And it was cool when we changed to something better. And now everybody's going to, not everybody, but like the hipsters go to VHS and long play again and everything. And you're like, we got rid of those for a reason. Like, but okay, like to each yes, their I own. Yes, I remember when I sold three to 400 music CDs because I went to hard drive storage on computers and digital. And at that time, I think I got like three to five bucks per CD. They ran from nine to 15 bucks normal. So I'm glad I sold them at that time, to be honest with you, because they drastically went down. Now, those VHS tapes she's talking about, that is amazing. I've been trying to get the Phantom to sell some of our Funkos that are unique because they're going for three or 400. She's like, no, no, no. Yeah. And I kid you not, if I had kept the VHS tapes that I had, you'd be rich. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've always taken such good care of my stuff, especially my media. It's like I take care yeah. of that because it's, I don't know, it's kind of my precious. <laughs> well, good news. So if you still have some old VHS tapes up in your attic down in the basement, you might want to search through them. They might be worth a lot of money. They just might. All right. My topic this week is going to be that Amazon is releasing three new tablets you can pre-order them now. They come out the first week of June. And it's the HD8, HD8 Plus, and the HD8 Kids version. So what I wanted to really let you know, if you shop on Amazon, you probably have seen these. Of course, they market their stuff 
all the time on the front page. I am not an Amazon digital person myself. I've owned two Fire tablets. They were excellent devices, I thought. And I think these are even going to be bigger now. They're coming with more memory and faster speeds, basically the difference. And they're only offering the new upgrade in the 8-inch model. And what's your thoughts on that, Phantom? Is this a good time with the downturn in the economy? Or what do you think? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I remember having Kindles, too. I, no, I, these are the fires, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had two. I had the normal Kindle, the, the first one that came out, and then two fires. And both of them were not good. Really? See, yeah. I've had two fire tablets in my life, and they were both excellent quality. Great uh, displays on them. Good sound. The problem with the Amazon tablets is that you cannot use the Google Play Store. Yeah. So there is some apps you can't get while most of them are on there. Now, all the biggies are on there. You do have to find like workarounds because Google stuff isn't on there. So if you use Gmail, you have to get an unofficial app that some developer made, things like that. Yeah. And the games, it's like, unfortunately, most of the games, if you are a gamer, are there for like Android and Apple on iOS. But Kindle, eh. But yeah, I mean, talking about the quality, I remember the first Kindle I had, I had to return because it just didn't work. Mm. And the second one, it wasn't long before it broke. Yeah, see, I never had any problem with the two tablets I had, but I wanted to ask you specifically, and I think this will go to you listeners out there. Phantom is a reader and she does have books on the Kindle store, but Mm -hmm. is the Fire tablet good for reading? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about reading, yeah, sure. Yeah, but your battery life doesn't last like a Kindle. No. Well, yeah, no. The Kindle Fire, I would say the battery life is average, you know, for any tablet, like an iPad or something. Maybe a little more, maybe not. I don't really know. Now, the normal Kindles and the Kindle paper, that battery lasts forever. But the, the Fire, it's just... Yeah, because too much color, too much screen, like vivid colors, this and that. and the Well, images. you're just so, yeah. saying exactly what I thought. Yes. yes. It's not a good device to actually read on. Not really. Not really, because it's also a little bit heavier. You it's see on the, how it's you on the just changed side. your mind in a minute's time? Yeah. Well, I mean, it is good for reading because I think any Kindle is good for reading wherever it is. You know, the, uh, actually only on the PC, it's when you have to get a kindle reader or something because you cannot find your books the same as in an actual tablet but the point is is if you read at night and don't want lights on i would say the fire even though i'm not a reader if you're in the amazon ecosystem and read a lot at night it might be worthwhile for that yeah but if you're reading outside with a lot of light you definitely want the cheap kindle but then the kindle paper it's also good for reading without lights because the 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 screen is actually lit. The the only the original Kindle is the one that doesn't have any lights on. Okay, so there you have it. That's my topic this week. That the new Amazon Fire tablets are coming out. You can pre-order them now if you're interested. It's somewhere the first week of June are being released, and they do have the kids version, which has different colors and things mm-hmm. for that. 
But I personally, to end this out, I think they're good devices. They're good tablets, browsing, mail, games. I really like them. I'm not in the Amazon ecosystem, but I have used them, and they're great devices, really. I'd say they're better than most Android tablets for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And for reading, I mean, you can get all the books you want and put them there, and it's amazing. And the only problem is some apps aren't on there, but they do have all the streaming stuff and everything like that that you can get, like even Apple TV Plus is on Amazon and things like that, Netflix, of course, and all that. So if you're interested, head over to Amazon. Yeah, you got something? Yeah, no, I I just wanted to ask you, did you like my topic? Yes. Good. It doesn't matter if I like it. You're not doing it for me. You're doing it for everybody out there listening. All right, let's move on. Okay, this is the time we discuss genre, and we do have a little bit of a different thing going on with this. This is our first animated movie we're covering, and it is Incredibles 2. Now, we didn't think it was fair to break down the genres on this. If you walked into a video store, any animated film would be in the animated section. So we don't see any use to break down percentage of the six individual genres that this movie has because it's an animated film. Yes, there's action. There's going to be every genre, I think, in most animated films. So it wouldn't actually be an accurate representation of what the movie entails. So what we decided to do on all animated films only is to give you our advice of the age group that it's made for. Or do you want to reword that, Phantom? What is the youngest age that should be allowed to watch this and up? Now, I know the Phantom disagrees with me on this topic, and I don't want to go crazy into this. I personally think most animated films are made for kids, teenagers under. She's got other things to say, but I don't want to get off on that. But I do want to put an age of what age group you think is the youngest you could watch. And I'll start first just to let Phantom ponder about it. Now, this is rated PG, parental guidance, but I think it should be rated PG-13. I think... 13 and up. I don't think anybody under 13 should be watching this. Why? For one, there's some complex topics, and we're going to get into that during the review, but I think it's a little heady. There's some complex topics involved here, but we are going to break this down. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we don't need to. We're just putting an age on it. So my personal belief is that 13-year-olds and up should be able to watch this and no younger. And what do you have? I think any kid can watch this. You got to put an age on it. Three? Um, I would say six and older. That would be okay. So someone in school. Yeah. So no one before, no toddlers, nobody pre-kindergarten. Yeah, they could. And they would have fun with a baby. But You just changed your mind again then. No, I'm not. I'm saying like the ideal age to begin no, to watch you this. as a parent, Phantom, what age group would you satisfy the Incredibles to? I would put that to anyone. I told you, so I thought zero. any kid could, well, yeah. Okay, so Phantom says 
This should be rated G, general audience, and I say it should be PG-13, 13 and up only. Now we're going to get into the good stuff. Incredibles 2 came out in 2018. And Phantom, I want you to start off with, I guess, the director? Brad Bird. And he is the guy that did the original Incredibles? Yep. Okay. And who voiced the cartoon characters in this? Okay. We have Craig T. Nelson is Mr. Incredible. We have Holly Hunter as Elastigirl. Samuel L. Jackson is Frozone. Brad Bird, the director, voices Edna Mode. Uh, Catherine Keener is Evelyn Dever. And I don't remember the guy. All right. First, I want to say I had to go back and watch the original Incredibles. I wouldn't have felt right as a critic to rate this movie without seeing the first. Now, for all you listeners out there, I am not an animated cartoon person whatsoever. I think I've seen five total in my life. But I am going to try to be as open-minded as possible, being a critic, being a critic, so it's fair to the movie, even though I don't like watching cartoon characters at all. I never did as a child. I watched very few cartoons as a child. I think I was a little advanced. I don't know. I just wasn't fascinated with cartoons. But I am going to give these movies an accurate representation, according to me. So what's the synopsis on IMDb, Phantom? The Incredibles hero family takes on a new mission, which involves a change in family roles. Bob Parr, Mr. Incredible, must manage the house, while his wife Helen, Elastigirl, goes out to save the world. Now, do you want to add your own little plot synopsis to that, or does that cover it in your mind? I don't think so, because if you really read that synopsis from imdb you don't really get a sense of the movie actually like before i watched that i read that and i was like well that doesn't look very attractive but i think it's more than that it's more like this guy this rich guy is sick that the superheroes became illegal so in his effort to bring them back he asks the incredibles to get involved and especially Mrs. Incredible because he thinks she is the, the one that can actually bring them back without making a mess in the process, which leaves Mr. Incredible to take care of the family. Right. And the original Credibles deals with this same subject that superheroes are illegal, basically, that they're causing more problems than, than they're good. solving. Yeah. Basically political. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is a political movie. Yeah. Funnily enough. All right, Phantom, you tell me where you want to start. You know animated films. You've seen them all. What do you want to cover with The Incredibles 2? I want to say that I am impressed by this movie. Um, I waited at least, well, I think like everyone else who actually watched The Incredibles and loved it. I mean, I watched it and it became one of my favorite Pixar movies. And trust me, people, that's saying a lot. I love Pixar movies. Do you know why it took them 14 years to do a sequel? The thing is that the people that made it, like Brad Bird, they 
wanted, I mean, they knew that they wanted a sequel, but they always said that they wanted a story that was at least as good or better than the original. So they took their time to actually be able to, to bring it to life and do it justice because everybody wanted a sequel. That's the first movie from Pixar that I actually remember people wanting a sequel. I wanted a sequel because like the way it ended, I was like, okay, what's next? And then came a video game, but there never came a sequel. And people were so upset about that. So then when, when they announced that there was going to be a sequel, I was elated. And many people were like, finally, finally. <laughs> What was funny about this is it reminded me of an 80s horror movie. You want to know why? Because they went back and showed you what happened in the end of the first one. It uh -huh. picked up exactly. This isn't 14 years in the future. This is exactly when it ended, the last one. And they showed you basically a small clip of what happened. Yeah, and from a different point of view too. Right. Now, you know, there's this superhero thing i'm not a big superhero fan yeah we either. have many things that he's not a so fan of here animated we, movie superhero yeah we got doubly dually badness to me <laughs> on the type of movies that i enjoy so i had to deal with the superhero aspect along with the animated aspect now i will say this is incredible animation you know compared to what i grew up with <laughs> well yeah i mean it's lifelike it's still way cartoony i wanted to ask you a question with the characters themselves the father the mother mm -hmm. we have a daughter a son a really young son and then they had a baby mm -hmm. why do they depict the woman in this with a big butt <laughs> well they are i think they are just all a little exaggerated Not only her, but like it's like they, yeah, they exaggerate their features. Yeah, but why did they exaggerate it there? Like some of the people in this are stick figures and then big heads. And then, of course, Mr. Incredible is real big buff, but a skinny little bottom. Yeah. So the kid looks normal and the girl looked normal. If you had to pair them into real life, they their extrusions weren't as vast, except the girl's eyes. She had bigger eyes, but the boy was a little boy, nothing out of the ordinary, no bigger something or another, you know, like old cartoons. But I was just wondering if that is a sexist thing that was in this. I don't think so. I mean, not sexist. It's just, I mean, she is a real woman. You so know? do you and think if a woman would have created this, she would have had the big butt, the same body type? Maybe. Yeah, I don't see, know. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't know because, well, the thing is that this is a cartoon, you know, and like she is, this brings me back to the first one. You know, there's a scene that I love in the first one where she is going to uh, look for Mr. Incredible because she knows he's somewhere. And then she stops and she looks at her reflection in the mirror or not in a mirror, in a wall that is reflective. And she goes like, <sighs> And I mean, she looks great, but she, that is the most real thing that I can think of. Like you look at yourself in the mirror, you're never happy with who you are, even if you look like that. That's what I was saying, Phantom. There is concepts in this that's over many kids' heads, in my opinion. Well, that is Pixar's movies for you. 
Thank you very much. Okay. Any, well, no, I there are no Pixar. That. Okay. But I still say that was done on purpose by this guy. I don't know if the guy likes big butts. Most people do like and that style <laughs> nowadays. So I think it was on purpose and it was kind of bizarre looking at her, actually. But um, then you, I mean, wait, you need, this is Elastic Girl. You need a woman with a decent amount of junk in the trunk, body area. <laughs> well, she also have a has a big bosom. It's not her only her butt, but you need like a decent amount of body area so she can expand but and I do think this it's and do done that on purpose. I can't believe you don't agree. I mean, he's a big buff upper to show he's strong. That is on purpose. So why okay. can't you say that that was done on purpose for a sexual reason in no, my mind? No, I think she's right. just shown to be what a woman looks like. I'm not saying that all women look like that. It's just that, I mean, she is actually a little thicker than beauty standards nowadays call for. I mean, she is far from perfect. Okay, I see we're not going to agree on that. Oh, Let's no, talk definitely a little not. bit about the story here. Superheroes are done basically they've been ordered to hide they're not allowed to use their superhero powers so throughout this whole series they want to especially the father that's all he wants to do from the first crime. movie too and the wife elastigirl she wants to hold her family together she don't want to do anything illegal and then in this one she gets called to assignment to try to get all the other superhuman people to come out and fight crime because in this world they're all good but there comes a point in this movie where there is somebody bad that changes the superhuman talents of people yeah so you get more superhuman beings in this which i thought was interesting you get an owl looking thing you get this monstrous rock crushing thing some cool designs of some of the superhuman cartoons. Yeah, it reminds me to a certain extent of the X-Men because they are just mutants and there are just as many superpowers as there are people. So it, it, is, it was really cool to see that. And then there's a little side story with the daughter wanting to date a little schoolboy. There's... You know, a good well, not a little schoolboy, a, a guy her age. They are teens. That's a little schoolboy, right? A, a little schoolboy doesn't sound like a teenager, like 16 or 17 to me. Little schoolboy. Wow, she's <laughs> so particular. No, it's just that she's look, a school, look he, the way that sounds. It's like her, the, the daughter wants to date a little schoolboy. That sounds weird. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have put her at 16. I don't know if they ever said. I thought she was like 12 or 13, I guess. Somewhere I don't know. There. The point is that they are teenagers and they want to date. The point is there's a side story to that. And then the overarching theme is this bad person what they're doing and the incredible family trying to get the government to change the laws so they can fight crime because they're all good people they've just had some bad outcomes a lot of financial damage things that have done not to their fault but they're saving people basically now i think we covered quite a bit of this story we can't go too deep into 
spoiler territory spoiler territory but the thing that fascinated me the most was funny and i totally enjoyed it is the baby (laughs) jack jack is adorable yes this little baby is incredible like he is one of the first ones that has multiple powers usually all of them only have one power yeah and this goes back to the first movie because actually there in the first movie there is a short that you can only see of course if you see the special features it's called jack jack attacks and it's about what happens to carrie the babysitter while she's babysitting him and uh, all the things that happen with him because like she calls in the movie, you can see that she calls Mr. Mrs. Incredible to tell her that something is happening with the baby. So you can see actually what happens. And that is the best part of that Blu-ray. Like that is like the best part of that, this, that special feature. Yeah, well, he can duplicate. He can turn into fire. He can transport. He can go through walls. He's got a range of powers. He can shoot lasers like Superman. <laughs> yeah, he can do anything. But the funny part is that nobody thought he had powers. And then suddenly, it's not that he doesn't have it. Not only that he, do, that he does, but he's more powerful than, than all of them combined. It's yes. so cool and to see. every scene with him is funny because a lot of times they got to keep him under control and they got to find him. Really cool. I really like that aspect. And the last thing I want to cover with Incredibles 2 with the story is... This is a feminist movie, would you say? I would say so, yeah. But not only, I, I think it's it would not, be very putting it in a box to say that it's uh, a feminist only movie. Only that, right. But it is geared towards that, which I liked. You know, yes. the woman has power. The man is at home taking care of the kids and you see how hard it is. Great scenes in that too. I really enjoyed Mr. Incredible taking care of his family and all the struggles he's going through because he can't keep them in line and things like that. And he actually starts getting a five o'clock shadow and stuff. Yeah. And you have to take into consideration that all of this happens in the 60s. So it's actually advanced if you're taking into consideration that it's a movie that takes place in the 60s. Okay. That's very interesting. Me personally... I already said The Incredibles is one of my favorite Pixar movies. Now, this one, I think, I don't know if it's better, but it's just as good. And I really like the complexity of the theme because in the first one, another it was, reason why my age, Phantom, you're popping. Uh? <laughs> this is a complex movie. This no three year old, five year olds understand okay, the but, thematic elements. But you're not required to. If you're a little child, you're going to love Jack-Jack and the parts with Jack-Jack. If, if you are a young kid, you're going to like maybe the dating part and also the action in the movie. If you're an adult, you are going to understand all the other things that you can see, which is not only one. There are like three different ones. And that is a Pixar movie. That, there's no Pixar movie that is made just for kids. That's one thing I love about them. Okay, so go on and give us a rating, Phantom. Well, in case you haven't realized it, I actually love this movie. It was great to see Edna again. I loved that quote she said, like, Elastigirl suit is designed by Vincento. (laughs) Explain yourself. (laughs) That was amazing. 
Her relationship with Jack-Jack is another highlight of this movie. It was so funny. I liked all the subplots and all the themes. I think it's a very profound movie. And I think it's just excellent. This movie, in my book, is a 10. And a definite wow. buy. Okay. A couple more things I didn't like. I did not like Holly Hunter's voice of Elastigirl. Well, you don't, I don't like know. Holly Hunter. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. I don't know. It just seemed not fit. She's got an annoying voice to me. And I don't think she should be voice acting. My personal opinion, Craig T. Nelson was great. Whoever the kids were were great. But she stood out to me. She just has that little twang in her voice. It's an annoying voice. And when you're listening to it loud, it's even more annoying to me. So I didn't like that at all. But you might be surprised, Phantom. I do think this was better than Incredibles. And I think that might be blasphemous to people out there because I did read some reviews how most people thought this was a step down over the original. I personally like this one better. The baby parts, the three-story thematic elements, it did keep me wanting to know what was going on. And then this bad person in this, what they're doing with these goggles they put on the superhumans, to put them in line, I thought was pretty cool. So I will give this, I'm trying to be as fair as possible. I think this is a six out of 10. There is problems, I've said it. And I do think if you like animated films, you should rent it. Do I think this is a purchase? I do not. Let's move on to the 4K parts. Before we get to our grade, we got our featurette. I'm going to start calling it our little tip for about 10 or so episodes, and I want to discuss HDR, high dynamic range. Now, you've probably heard us talk about this in the first couple episodes, but this is the feature on 4K TVs that allows more light going to your screen and less light. It's the contrast ratio. Also, HDR has a wider color gamut. So only on HDR 4K discs do you get more colors. Now, Phantom, what is your impression with HDR? I think it makes a world of difference, especially in movies that make good use of light and shade and shadow and darkness and everything. I think it makes a world of difference. It makes it lively. It makes you be able to see every tiny detail. So I, I really like HDR. The thing about HDR is, is it did not come out when 4K came out. This is, I want to say, four years old now. It was a huge advancement in technology of TVs. And I personally think... And I think most reviewers and technical people agree that it's not even so much a 4K, true 4K, it's the HDR. Because that's what provides this vibrance, this detail, this level of clarity with more colors and darker screens and more shadows on the dark scenes. So it is something that you have to have. Yeah. Now, most 
4K Blu-ray discs have this now. That was not the case when they came out, and you got to be careful. I would recommend not even buying a movie if it doesn't have HDR because all you're going to get is more pixels, maybe, if it's true 4K, and it doesn't garner that upgrade over Blu-ray, which a lot of people don't think, without the HDR. Mm -hmm. Now, another thing before we end this little tip for you guys out there is your TV matters. If you go to Best Buy and get the cheapest wang-wang TV or whatever some of these (laughs) knockoff Korean brands are, it's going to be vastly different if you get a good set. It makes a big difference. There's a few topics that why TVs are more expensive. This is one of them. They can get darker and brighter at the same time. It's all about that contrast ratio and for things to look more real, more vivid, more popping off the screen. Without HDR, you do not get that. All right, Phantom. Video, audio, and special features of The Incredibles 2. Let's start with the video effects, camera work, look. Great. This is amazing. The other day when we did watch The Incredibles, of course, we didn't watch it in 4K. We saw it on on Disney Plus and not on a 4K TV. But it was very obvious, especially in the hair. The, The way animation wasn't as advanced and i do remember when that came out that hair looked amazing but i was i was like oh my god how is the hair like actually paying attention to it how is it gonna look and it looks incredible no pun intended it's both hair and water which is widely known that are some of the most difficult thing to animate look amazing and there are a lot of scenes with hair and water Okay, my opinion, you're probably not going to agree with what your statement is. Since this is animation, this is what they call fake 4K. Mm -hmm. It's because the processing power needed and the time to make graphics in 4K resolution is just not plausible to studios now. It just takes too long, too much rendering. So all animated films, and usually films that have a lot of CGI are 2K and they're up converted to 4K. Now, Phantom, I did not notice a mind-blowing difference on this. I think while I hate using the term muddled because that implies bland, this is not bland, but whoever converted this disc, they did not blow it out for HDR. It did not pop as much as it should have. In my opinion, the colors were more neutral. Let's put them that way. Like things were happening and when they're flying or stuff, they're not popping off the screen. They could have if they did the HDR, if they would have upped the color value and dropped the dark value. I think they were very safe on this movie and it could be what the director wanted. But this movie didn't pop for an animated film. I was disappointed, and I think they tamed down the colors to keep it a modular tone so things didn't look maybe even more fake than they would have otherwise. 
So that's my opinion on the video effects. Now on the audio, we do have a Dolby Atmos track on the 4K version only. So if you get the Blu-ray, you will not get Atmos. You'll get 7.1 DTS, I think it is. But this did have Atmos. So what did you think about the audio and the effects? That was great. That was absolutely great, especially in the scenes where Jack-Jack is floating around and not being able to be seen in the buildings because you hear him from everywhere, from behind, from above you, from the front. Like in this movie, they make a very good use of that and you, you can hear everything. And there are many scenes when there are people talking from different perspectives and you can tell exactly who's talking and where they are talking from. Plus the music. I mean, one thing that I didn't mm. mention in the in the review of the music, this music by Michael Giacchino is incredible. I love it. I've always loved it. It's I amazing. Hate it. I hate it. I don't know what era of music this you would call this. The it's it it's supposed to be like from the sixties or something. So it's kind yeah, of it's, like gangster style thing, and I've always terrible. loved it. <laughs> I I hate the oh, music well. in this movie. I just it's too. I can't even put the word. I was trying to think because I figured the same music was going to be in the first one, which I watched a week ago, and then just watched the new one. It was going to be the same theme, and it is, and it's the same style music. I couldn't put the right terminology on this music. It is just annoying to me. It doesn't, I don't know. It's. I would have liked like Jetson's music or something like this, and this was oh, just no. bad. I didn't like the theme. I didn't like the action scene, frolicky, actiony type music because, like Phantom said, it's like old style music, and I love old style music typically. But I just couldn't place it myself. Like what type of genre music this is, and it just didn't work to me. So, but I'm not penalizing that just because I didn't like it. The disc quality audio is phenomenal in this. I could have had some more overheads and I could have had more bass. There's many scenes when they're stopping boats, things running into buildings. It didn't have the rumbling bass, which I think it could have. They went more punchy style, which is fine. But I think they could have had the growling, like when things are scraping over concrete. It wasn't deep. It was bassy, but not the low grind and grumbling that I really enjoy that vibrates the whole house like it should have been when a big building's going over concrete and they're stopping it with a bus or whatever's happening on screen. But I got to give the audio props. It is very good. Now, what special features do we have on the disc, Miss Phantom? The 4K doesn't have any special features. However, we do get a Blu-ray only for special features besides mm. the movie in Blu-ray. Okay, you have 10 deleted scenes, which is ideas from the cutting room floor, heroes and villains, a collection of mini docs about the incredible characters of Incredibles 2, Super Baby, music video about the making of Incredibles 2, Strong Coffee, a lesson in animation with Brad Bird. Explore director Brad Bird's early career and his big personality. Super stuff. See what it takes to design and build an incredible world. Making bow, that's the short, and more. 
So there's a lot of Chock special features full here. Of special features. If you buy this for that, this is one you definitely want to get. I think there's hours and hours of content. Yeah, I mean, a Blu-ray only for, the, yes. for special features, so that's nice. All right, this is the time. This is why you're here and why we're getting you into 4K is whether the disc is worthy to upgrade that extra 10 to 15 bucks. This one is. I'm going to start because I know the Phantom's quite a bit higher. And my grade is a C+. Audio's good. I would have liked more bass. Video did not do it. They didn't process the colors to pop. This is an animated movie. I wanted this personally to be one of the best ones. I wanted to show this off because it's all animation. It's the type of movies that could really pop off your screen, like when they're flying through the air. I wanted to see that so obviously bright with the dark background. You didn't get it. It's a very standard view. It is very clear. It is very detailed, like the Phantom said. It looks a little bit better than the Blu-ray, in my opinion. But this disc is unworthy for the extra price. I think with the Blu-ray, the standard Blu-ray, you're going to get 95% of it. So, C+, I think this one's just a little bit better than an average 4K disc. So, unworthy, Phantom. What do you got? Well, as you can imagine, I completely disagree. I think this disc is great. And I, unlike you, think the colors popped. There were quite a few scenes where there were bit like very, very small light here. And then all the rest was Just dark. Think, Phantom, all the superheroes that were in them scenes, nobody stood out. The colors were great. See, you're misunderstanding me. The colors are fine in detail, but it doesn't have that popping contrast, the vibrant. And when things were happening, it didn't pop off the screen, like she's saying. There might be a scene here and there where it looked better, but they didn't blow out the colors on this one. They made it uniform. I disagree. All right, go on. I think there are a lot of colors that pop a lot. Of course, if there had been, like, if, if Elastigirl had been wearing her red suit all the time, there would have been even a bigger difference because, I mean, red pops a lot. But I disagree. I think this disc looks amazing. Only for the sound, like the special effects and the Atmos, I think it's completely worth it. I'm giving this disc an A-. Wow. And I say it is worthy of the upgrade. All right, there you have it. Episode four, let's move into our goodbyes. Okay, listeners out there, you have to stay tuned. We have a lot of guests coming on, and we're going to be weekly all the way through June. Remember, all our links out there, you got them all. Go to BillShetty.com. For Lady Phantom, I am Bill Shetty, and we'll catch you in one week.